Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday's sermon was given by Associate Pastor Reverend Henry Coates. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture readings today are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, and from the gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts, that your word may direct and rule us according to your will that it may comfort us in our afflictions, that it may defend us from all error and lead us into all truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that, could, that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. John 3, verse 1. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. 
The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things, if I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Brother Richard. Good morning, everybody. Let me get my mic set up for me. It's really good to see you all. Welcome. I'm glad to be out here this morning, this day, the day that the Lord has made. And whether you're out here in the glorious sunshine or you are at home watching through the miracles of technology, I want to I welcome you together to this worship service where we worship our triune God. And in the next couple minutes, we're going to explore the scriptures together. We're going to explore the beauty, the mystery, and the reality of our triune God that we worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's Trinity Sunday in the church calendar. And I have learned that this is a Sunday that many preachers don't like preaching. That's for a variety of reasons. It's a running joke in the ministry biz that if they can, a lot of pastors assign their associate or student intern to preach on Trinity Sunday. In fact, every single church I have preached at over these past 10 years, at, as first as a student intern and then as an associate, my senior colleague, my senior pastor at every one of those churches has assigned me to preach on Trinity Sunday. So this is my 10-year anniversary of preaching on, thank you, thank you, of preaching on Trinity Sunday. Now, you know what? I don't begrudge my senior colleagues. I actually find it quite funny because, truth be told, Trinity Sunday is hard to approach as a preacher and approach as a listener. I get that. And because of that, I'll keep this sermon short and punchy. So, how do you craft a sermon that captures or at least points to the majesty of God as the Trinity? Now, we can get caught up in the weeds of theological nicety all too quickly. Our triune God, three in one and one in three, Father, Son, and Spirit, 
has throughout history been, con been considered a notoriously complex concept. An understanding of God that you have to work deeply through and with Scripture to arrive at. But, but this is who God is. The Trinity is more than just a concept. The Trinity is more than an intellectual exercise we assent to as a matter of doctrine or belief. The Trinity, the triune nature of God, is the reality within which we live, within which all creation resides and finds meaning. God is not revealed as the Trinity. The Trinity is nothing less than who God is and how God relates to the world. Now you probably, hopefully, notice that we did two different scripture readings this morning. And if you didn't notice that, well, I need you to pay attention more. Uh, we had one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament, and that was on purpose. I wanted to have these two scriptures in conversation with each other, to hear one in the light and sound of the other, to see God as God is, Father, Son, and Spirit, if we have eyes to see and ears to perceive and hearts to receive. First, the Old Testament. You got Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts himself, who appears. The one who created the heavens and the earth and rules the cosmos. Holy and awesome, high and exalted, sitting on the throne, angels and archangels surrounding, singing, proclaiming, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. Now all this is done in the presence of Isaiah. Isaiah, Isaiah, depending on how you say the vowels. In the year King Uzziah died. It's a lot of different vowel tenses there right in a row. Did you notice that? Isaiah, Isaiah, Uzziah. And then the New Testament. Jesus in the dark with Nicodemus proclaiming, sharing God's love for the world, a love which sent the Son into the world so that all, and believeth, all who believeth in him shall not die, but have eternal life. In both these passages, we see God. You'll note the contrast, but it's not two different gods we see, the God of the Old Testament, high and mighty on the throne, and Jesus in flesh and blood standing in the dark. No, in both, this is God, Father, Son, and Spirit. But I'm taken and I identify with both Isaiah's statement and Nicodemus's question. Isaiah, seeing God in his adornment, says, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And Nicodemus, in the midst of his conversation with Jesus, asks, how can this be? We can agree with both of these sentiments. One, which is basically like, whoa, this is some heady, way above me, semi-terrifying stuff that I am now in no way prepared to receive or understand. And two, 
Nicodemus, huh? How can this be? Both a statement and a question, and perhaps we can identify with them both because this on its surface is nuts. How are we supposed to understand all this? Again, when we talk about who God is, the Trinity is not a doctrine to which we assent, but the reality in which we live. God is overwhelming. God is not confined to our intellectual understandings and assents, is not bound by proof or proposition, but rather surpasses all understanding. Yet at the same time, God chooses to reveal himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who in his sending by the Father and who in his continuing presence in our lives by the power of the Spirit, reveals to us the very face of God. It's profound and challenging, but true. Now you can see the Father perhaps in Isaiah and the Son in John. But how do these two passages speak to one another? In the Holy Spirit, the unnamed actor who proceeds from the Father and the Son and unites them in ever-flowing love. God the Father who sits on his throne and Jesus the Son who stands in the dark calls Isaiah and calls Nicodemus to be God's witnesses. And whenever one is called by God to do, to be something, there is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. When I speak of how the Trinity is the reality of God and the reality in which we live, I mean that in the sense that in God we live and move and have our being. We find who we are in who God is. Just as the Father sends the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit, so too are we created by God the Father and sent into the world by the power of God the Holy Spirit to be living witnesses to the life-transforming, sin-and-death-destroying, all-consuming love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as seen in Jesus Christ's death for us on the cross. Our resurrected joy, our blessed hope, the lifter of our heads, the strength of our bones, the blood in our veins, our lighthouse when we're storm-tossed and lost at sea, our sun, moon, and stars in the stubborn night, and our sudden bright dawn at the break of an unexpected day. To grasp at God as Trinity is to look at how God interacts with humans. See Isaiah, called to be a prophet. See Nicodemus, called to be born again. Isaiah is called by God in the year King Uzziah died. This is a year of great tragedy and fear for the kingdom of Judea, as the Assyrian Empire was terrorizing the Israelites, and they did not know if they would see tomorrow, nor could they even conceive of what tomorrow might look like. Now this might sound familiar to some of us who can't envision what the night and the day will bring. 
Yet God still calls Isaiah, despite his trauma, despite his feelings of not being good enough for God, God still calls Isaiah by the power of the Holy Spirit and by that same Spirit ordains him as a prophet of God, as a witness to God's power, despite the pain, despite the trauma, despite the fear. God does. Likewise, Nicodemus, seeking Jesus out in the dark, seeks meaning for his life and his people who are suffering under the Roman yoke of oppression, bound by fears and terrors, he cannot put into words. Jesus says that he can be born again, be made anew by the power of the Spirit of God. For you see, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that so whoever may believeth in him shall not die, but have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Let's say that again. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the truth of Isaiah. This is the truth of John. This is the truth of the gospel because it is the truth of God. God, three in one, creates, calls, saves, and sends. All for the sake of love. Isaiah the young man is called and made into Isaiah the prophet by the power of God to make a way when there seems to be no way. In the midst of brokenness, trauma, and deep pain, God still calls. God still makes holy. God still sends. Nicodemus, the old man, is yearning for truth, yearning for meaning, yearning for light in the midst of deep darkness. He too can be born again despite his hang-ups by the power of God's sending spirit. Friends, we are the sent ones of God. Just as God the Father so loved the world that he sent the Son Jesus by the power of the Spirit, so too does God the Holy Spirit send us out. He sends us out to love, to tend, to care, to be God the Father's hands and feet and voice here on earth as the body of the Son, as the body of Jesus Christ here on earth until Christ appears or calls us home. Here is our purpose. Here is the meaning for our being. First Prez, this is us. We are created, called, and sent by our triune God to be here, to be witnesses here, as God's church at the corner of Chicago and, and, and Lake to be witnesses to God's power that is love. God is a mystery. God's love for us doesn't have to be. And the only way that we can respond, if we're honest, if we allow ourselves to accept this love of the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, is to respond to God with the words of Isaiah 8. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, 
Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And you know how God responds to that? It isn't in our passage for today, but it's in the following verse, Isaiah 6, verse 9. Go and tell the people. Go and tell the people. So let us go. Let us live lives that show God's love to the good people of Evanston, Chicagoland, and beyond. Let us show love to our brother, to our sister, to our neighbors, to our enemies, and to ourselves. As it was in the beginning, is now, and forever shall be, world without end. Thanks be to our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I want to invite you all now to stand with me. We're going to do something a little bit different today. If you want your deep Trinitarian theology, well, here you go. We're going to recite together the Nicene Creed as found in our bulletins. And we say with one voice, if, if you need a second, it's on the bottom of the second page. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.